for having me number one like they rarely let me come and do special things they said they wanted a pastor and they're like oh we'll just take Howie that's cool or they said they wanted somebody tall dark and handsome and I figured two out of three ain't bad <laughs> you have to pick which two there are though right right all right um let's uh let's get rocking and rolling here um I know people always ask me about being barefoot I trimmed my toenails just for you in the front row I usually keep my big toes long just for hunting and scaling small walls. Hey, it is Missouri, right? <laughs> bow, bow season opens next weekend, I think. So, oh my, easy, easy. Um, he receives our worship. Thank God, he receives our worship. We're in the uh, book of John, and we're just going to go ahead and get into the Word. Now, at Impact Life Church, we do this thing where anytime we open the Word, we all go, Word! All right, so let's read some Word. Word! Oh! That's my people right there. All right, John chapter 12. I'm going to read this, and we're just going to go through it. I only got 28.26 minutes, and... You guys know it takes me uh, 45 minutes to give 15 minutes worth of information. So, um, for those of you who know me, where are we at, John? Okay, are you guys there? If you're not, if you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, get out. <laughs> Heathens, sinners, in the hands of an angry Howie. <laughs> Let's set the story. Close your eyes real quick, because I want you to go there with me, okay? The reason I go barefoot a lot of the times is so I can be present, right? Shoes anesthetize you to where you are. Like, I can stand in the Rocky Mountains or the Sahara Desert, and, and if I have shoes on, I'm numb to my environment. I'm numb to my surroundings. So I take my shoes off so I can feel and be present right where I am. So I want you guys to be present right here in this store. I want you to smell the smells from the day. I want you to hear the activity from the day. I want you to sense, get a real sense of what Scripture is actually trying to tell us and where it's trying to take us in the book of John, chapter 12. Okay, open your eyes. Six days before Passover, they were about to have a big barbecue. Okay, that's, that's my version, sorry. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of the, those reclining with him at the table. You know, it always strikes me that Jesus and his boys are always reclining. Yeah, baby! Right? That's my kind of Jesus. They were reclining with him at the table. Verse 3, Mary therefore took out a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Verse 4, But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, 
Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Verse 6. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Verse 7. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me with you. Somebody say, yeah. All right. So what's happening? It's this very formal yet normal thing that's taking place. It's it's a, a, a dinner that's honoring Jesus. It all is going according to plan. And then there is a disturbance in the force. I mean, it seems like everything's going to plan. I mean, Jesus shows up and the dinner's ready and Martha's working her little fingers to the bone. And then there's an interruption in the story. Did you catch the interruption? And it sounds weird to say that what Mary did was an interruption, but in the formal and yet normal activity of a dinner honoring Jesus, there's an interruption of worship. And that sounds almost crazy to say, but, but Mary saw fit to interrupt man's plans with pure worship. Worship interrupts the story. And it would seem that everybody was aggravated by it. But to Jesus, it was a delight because interruptions usually draw attention. And Mary was placing all of her worship and attention on the Lord of Lords. I want you to say interruption. interruption. He receives all of our worship. He receives our worship. He collects it as a a sweet-smelling fragrance. But Mary did something in the midst of man's plans that was an interruption. And I want you to always pay attention to things in Scripture that interrupts what man says is significant because God places a message there. I want you to start by asking this question. If you're taking notes, if you're a good little student, you better take notes. I'm telling you, take notes! The interruption was dear to Mary and Jesus, aggravating to the rest. I want to start by asking this question. Has worship become an interruption in your life? Just let that question linger there for a second. Has worship become an interruption? It never happens on purpose. And Jesus receives all of our worship in every form. But has worship messed with your agenda? Has all of this just kind of become an interruption to to my life's plans? You see, what was taking place was a thing of honor, no doubt. It was planned out to a T. And that's what we're really good at. I'm really good at planning everything out to a T. But will I allow space for an interruption of worship? I want you to write this down. It's possible to move in worship and yet not be moved by worship. It's possible to move 
in worship and not be moved by worship. There's an exterior movement, but does it move you inwardly? We can have dinners. We can have services in honor of Jesus, and He loves it, but we can get so, so tied and used to the formal, we get angry almost whenever there's abnormal worship in the form of scandalous worship. Matthew 15, 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from me. There is a type of lip service as we look at the story and we find ourselves and we place ourselves ground zero in the middle of it. There's the normal and the formal. And then Mary interrupts everything. God is saying, will you allow me to interrupt your plans? My to-dos... My to-dos can sometimes get in the way of the want-tos. If you will, write this down. Never let ceremonious praise become a substitute for scandalous worship. Never let ceremonious praise become a substitute for scandalous worship. You say, Howie, what is scandalous worship? I'm saying scandalous worship is worship that may not look like everybody else's. And that aggravates the norm, right? He receives our worship even when it doesn't look like everyone else's. Lazarus raised from the dead. He plans this dinner of honor for Jesus. That's a good thing. Setting time aside for Jesus, that's a great thing. To Lazarus, I'm sure that was a type of form of reasonable service or reasonable worship. To plan it. Martha, her serving and doing, I'm sure to her that seemed like worship. Mary comes in and she breaks the norm and she stops the story and she interrupts it almost like going 300 miles an hour and slamming on the brakes and you go flying into the windshield and you go ah one of my favorite games to play while we travel is the brake check game (laughs) my wife not so much We were traveling, and the kids are hip to the fact that at some point in the drive, Daddy gets a little break happy. After 19, almost 20 years of marriage, my wife has still not figured this little gym out. The last, the last time I did it, um, she got payback because it's nighttime, we're driving, I give a good... Does anybody not know what the brake check game is? Okay. You wait till everybody's asleep in the car. Don't do this. Like, professors, like staff, I'm not encouraging this type of behavior. I know you thought somebody professional was going to come and speak today. Well, the joke's on you. (laughs) All right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not sure I agree with whoever, who's ever laughed that was. <laughs> My last break check was at night and my wife sleeping, passenger seat, and from 70 to 50 really fast. The only, the state trooper behind me didn't quite like that a whole lot though. However, he's married and he kind of gets the joke. (laughs) And I got off with a warning. (laughs) That's the kind of interruption I'm talking about. Jesus wants to swoop in to our family trip and the station wagon to Disney World and slam on the brakes. He receives our worship even when it doesn't look like everyone else's. Because sometimes messy lives give messy worship. Those who are forgiven much, love. Love much. And you know what the essence of love is? Like. Let me, let me. Me and Jesus don't just have a love thing going on. He really likes me. He really, really likes me. Now, that's so simple, but it's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it. Jesus doesn't just love you because you, you know, you said the prayer and you got baptized and it's like, well, I guess we got to let him in. I love you. Great. Thanks for that, Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus really, really likes you too. The essence of love. Has the job of doing worship been fighting with the act of being in a position of worship? I I want you to, like, take these and don't answer them right now because you might give a churchy answer, right? I want you to take the question. I want you to go back and at 2 a.m. in the morning whenever you're awoken, you, when, whenever you wake up and you, you're drying the fog out of your eyes and, and God comes to you and he's, he, you're asking these internal questions. Have I just been doing and I haven't been being in that position of worship. Mary placed herself in that position of worship and it was an interruption to man's plans and all the formalities and all the normal things that we would say are really, really good. He receives all of our worship, but I'm just taking note of what Mary is doing. She let go in the beautiful exchange, the sacred dance where you and Papa on the dance floor write this down if you will placing our hearts in worship of Jesus displaces the worship of idols in my life I'll say it again 
placing our hearts in worship to Jesus displaces the worship of idols in my life. You say, Howie, I'm not carrying around graven images in my pocket. I have no idols. But with further inspection, we live in a multi, uh, I guess you could say, um, many God society. Jesus received and Mary let go. It's the beautiful exchange. I want to key you into the beautiful exchange. He receives our worship. How does that happen? It was an exchange. Jesus gathered and Mary let go. You say, well, what, what did she have to let go? It wasn't just the cost of oil. I know that's, that's there and it cost a lot, absolutely. But I want you to understand what, what she was really exchanging. The value of what was taking place, the value of her worship. It wasn't just the price tag of oil. In the natural, that's easy to see. Judas points it out. But what the oil represented, she was letting go of. She was letting go and exchanging her inheritance. She was letting go her choice, even of a husband. She was letting go of her preferences. She was letting go of what her perceived dreams would be. Jesus receives our worship with this tagline. I'm worth it. What is competing? What needs to be exchanged? What can I look in the mirror and say, what, can I, what needs to be exchanged? I know you guys all have dreams here. If you're visiting here Tuesday, um, I apologize for me today too. I, all right? <laughs> this doesn't normally happen. <laughs> <laughs> but what needs to be exchanged in the beautiful exchange? Is it your plans? Is it your opinions? Is it your ideas? Is it your fortnight? I, you know, these simple things. Is it your intellect? Is it your money? Is it your agenda? Here's one. Do you need to exchange what other people think about you? Because if they're saying it on Snapchat or Facebook or Instagram, it has to be directed toward you, right? There's an exchange that takes place as he receives our worship. And our only response is to let go of the oil, man. What's your oil? Let it go. It's nothing compared to the glory that awaits. And it's nothing compared to the space that gets carved out in worship as we let go. Holy Spirit places in. You're here right now and you're wrestling with that right now of letting go of something, of letting go of old relationships, of letting go of old mindsets. And even in worship, he, he called to you and he doesn't just come in like a storm or not just a hurricane. He comes gently and he says, will you just exchange that with me? Will you just, will you just crack open that bottle and just pour your oil out and worship me because I'm going to give you some Something that's way more valuable than that in the natural. It looks like it cost a whole lot, but what she gave cost more than that. She gave herself. 
Mary, let your hair down. Let your hair down and let it go. The rich young ruler. He kept all the commands. But he couldn't just let go of that one thing. His identity was in the appearance of serving, not the heart of a servant. The dinner in honor of Jesus had all the the appearance and the trappings of the good things. There are good things that await you. I believe everyone in this room... Sorry, camera guy, I move around a lot. (laughs) I'm a camera person's worst nightmare. (laughs) We good? Okay. I won't hurt anybody down here, I promise. I would watch your wallets, though. Hey, God's still working on me, eh? You're planning many good things in your life. There are things that God has planned beforehand, good works that you should walk in them, absolutely. But when He shows up and He says, will you worship me? Is it too much of an interruption in your plan to do it? Because good sometimes can be the enemy of great. He receives our worship. Absolutely. He receives our worship. And he does so with kindness. Will you just let your hair down? And let go. Just let go. Will you bow your head, please? Papa, you're so good. You're so good to us. You deal with us like a father. And you give us good things. You give us good things. Lord, I pray now that the hearts have been opened to just some questions. Questions that you ask me. Questions that you ask us that have to be answered honestly. And Lord, with an honest question, may we respond with honest worship. Lord, decisions... Big life decisions are made in places like this room right here. I just pray that anything holding them back from you, they let go. And Lord, I pray that if worship has indeed become an interruption, you still receive our worship. But Lord, may we look for the worship times. Not just the formal times. In Jesus' mighty name.
you're so good, you're so good, and you really, really like me. (laughs) Amen. Love you guys so much.